everybody. Welcome to another episode of Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat. I'm Leon Thomas, and she's Miranda Kitterlin Lynch, and we're the co-host of this show. Thanks for joining us again for another episode. Hey, Miranda, how are you? I'm good. You caught me trying to look and count up what episode we're on. <laughs> oh, wow. So since you're looking and trying to count, what episode is it? We know it's season two, but what episode are we on? Season two. I want to say lucky number 13. Season two, episode 13. That's where we are. <laughs> I didn't look it up. So you could have said episode 17 and I'd have been right on. Right on. It would have one been. of my students is going to let me know if I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, isn't it interesting the the feedback we get, right? It's I get I got a lot of feedback from another show. Received a lot of feedback where someone said it's ep it's episode five. Why don't you guys keep counting? Like, oh, so you're you're counting, and how many of season two or season one did you see? Oh, I saw this one. I saw that one. Like, yes, people are watching. They're listening. Yes. That that's pretty cool stuff, huh? And we've got a line out the door of people that want to be on. So. They want to be on. This is this is great. So, how did you respond to that student? What did what was your feedback? What is your response? Well, there? hundred bonus points, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, wow! I love it. I love it. Good deal. We have another great guest today. Can you? Well, wait before we do that, folks. If you want to be on the show, it's real easy to do. You email me or you email Miranda, my email address is leon at the Leon Thomas Group. The Leon Thomas Group produces this show. So you can email me, leon at the Leon Thomas Group. Miranda, how does everyone get in touch with you? I literally just Googled Miranda Kitterlin Lynch. You could probably even just Google Miranda Kitterlin, and I'm going to be the only one you find. Just just Google her. That, that's all you <laughs> And it, it's real too. You Google her. That's the only, she's the only person that pops up with that name. So <laughs> it's real easy. All right. So tell us about uh, our guest for today. Yeah, happy to. So I met our guest at a recent graduate student conference uh, where she was presenting some research that is incredibly relevant to our show and the things that we talked about and also just really valuable. And I'm so happy that she has made the time to come on and share that with us. It is a second year PhD student, Miss Jamie Garlington, future doctor, Jamie oh, Garlington. Yes. Hopefully, very soon, hopefully. <laughs> you will, you will. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it and getting to be in this space with y'all. It's an honor. Of course. Jamie, thank you so much for, for being with us. And so you're a student at- Yes, student at UNLV. UNLV. Yeah. Now, is that like a UNLV color you're sporting right now? Oh, no, it's yeah. Just, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's not it's not scarlet all the way, but we're in yeah. that pinkish red because we are close to Valentine's Day. Or... And you are in good company because I also did my Ph.D. at UNLV. So yes, go Rebels. Yes, go and, Rebels. And <laughs> I have a UNLV connection also. Tell us. I once had Jerry Tarkanian. In a car with me. Nice. Jerry Tarkanian used to coach basketball there. So I'm going to tell the Jerry Tarkanian story. Then we'll talk about the show and we'll start talking and have great conversations. So I had an internship with Nike, the, the shoe company. 
And one of my responsibilities was to pick up these big name coaches at airports and drive them to the convention hotel or for, for coach Tarkanian, it was the hotel where we had a coaching conference going on, the coaching clinic. And so I had to bring him over to the hotel. All right. And as a college student, I had like a beat up 1970 something, 60 something Skylark with an AM radio, one speaker and the air conditioning wasn't working. Right. So the first coach I drove was Jim Valvano from NC State. Drove him and he's like, he's sweating, he's sweating, he's sweating. And he says, you can need some air conditioning. Are you the guy that's driving me back tomorrow? I said, yes. He goes in his pocket, takes out 200 bucks and says, here, go get the air conditioning fix. <laughs> I pocket the 200 and the next morning I have to take Tarkanian back to the airport. And so he's sweating left and right. He's sweating, he's sweating. And he goes, man, you got to get this air conditioning fix. I said, yeah, I know. Coach Valvano gave me 200 bucks yesterday to get my air fixed. And he says, Tarkanian says, you have to bring Valvano back later today. I said, yeah, I got to have to bring him back later today. Tarkanian goes in his pocket, gives me 200 bucks and says, Make sure you don't get it fixed. I want him to sweat. Yes. <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay, that's my rant for today. Let's get back to the show. Go ahead. Miranda. I love it. So, Jamie, if you could share with our listeners a little bit about your research and the things that you're looking into. So I'm currently doing research on racial code switching. Um, it looks at how us as employees or folks of color and whites essentially have to switch between our professional identity and our racial or ethnic identity to essentially get sponsorship or positions within the hospitality industry. So a um, little bit into social linguistics, but it's mostly looking at us as employees not being allowed to be authentically ourselves in these spaces. So fantastic, such important work. And for people who aren't necessarily familiar with the terminology or um, the theory behind this, could you maybe share an everyday example of how people code switch uh, in hospitality? Oh, yes. Okay. So I have worked in the restaurant industry for over a decade. It's like, I, I love food and beverage. But for me, it would be like when I'm at the front desk or on my terminal, um, when I speak to guests, I'd be like, oh, hi, how are you? What can I get started for you? Um, compared to how I normally speak, because I'm from the Bay Area, I'd be like, how you doing? How is everything? What's up? How are you doing? It's good to see you. It's a similar type of it's essentially having to put on the prescribed voice or expected voice as a service member where we have to essentially standardize how we speak to the customer so that they're essentially getting the same conversation no matter who that employee is. So that, um, hi, how are you? is very much um, standardized for the front employee line um, job compared to if it was just me authentically being myself, I would be like, what it do? How are you doing? You know, being a little bit more warm and authentically who I am in that space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great example. Sorry, Leon. Um, my 
customer. My husband calls it my customer service voice. Yep. Uh, so whenever I call to make appointments or if I call my daughter's school, um, instantly a different person altogether. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I see that happening. I've seen it a long time. And I, I remember a, a few instances where this type of conversation went on where the person of color, and that could be someone Hispanic or someone African-American, was accused of trying to sound white. Yes. Or acting white. Or you, know, you got on your Tom voice today. You know, mm -hmm. oh, you're using all that proper English and all of that. You know, that's not how you are. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm thinking, well, there, what's wrong with number one, sounding intelligent and speaking mm -hmm. intelligently? But secondly, if the boss says these are the things we want you to say, why not do it? And I saw it once at a funeral, mm -hmm. a black person's funeral, a vice president of a company was speaking, was saying some good things about the person in the, the remarks section of the funeral. And he had on his corporate color suit, the, the blue with the light blue shirt and the tie. And he's talking in a tone and mannerisms of professionalism. Mm -hmm. And the person next to me said, look at it up there trying to trying to sound like he all white look at look at him up there look at him trying to sound like he all white and i'm like no the guy's just sounding intelligent so he takes off the tie because he was getting hot and he goes i'm i'm around my people i can go ahead and be me now i forgot i'm not at work i can go on and be me y'all mind if i be me nah brother go ahead and it changed so that it, it's around us everywhere but what what's the how do we how should that be handled in workplace social environments jamie how does how does how should one deal with it how do we handle it what should we do what shouldn't we do well what i would say the first thing is the representation of um just having that diversity on the actual boards and executives for a majority of these companies because just looking at statistics currently we're still at about 70 percent of executives are white and then we're still about 6% um, Black, Asians, 15% for Hispanic and Latinos. So we're still, we're, we're getting there, but we're not there. And because that representation is not there at the top, we're not able to have these conversations. And essentially, um, you could get, like you're saying, you could uh, essentially get in trouble for not essentially code switching on the job because you're not providing that standardized service. But if you have that representation at the top, it's letting them know like, hey, I'm speaking to folks who are just that are like me, um, whether that's speaking even in Spanish to customers who speak Spanish so that they feel more comfortable ordering food. Sometimes in organizations, they will reprimand you because it's no, you are only supposed to speak English. You're only supposed to speak how we have, quote unquote, trained you. But that gives the customer a feeling of, oh, you care. You, you understand that I'm, I'm more than just a customer. I'm a person who has cultural values. And you see, you know, we're, we're, we're essentially, we're family. We are family. That's hospitality. So I think having that representation at the top is 
the most, it's one of the key things that we need to do so that we're having these conversations and essentially we're keeping people in hospitality because they feel like they can not only provide that service to, you know, customers, but essentially their family. Cause these, these are people that they, they're, they're pieces, they're me, they're part of my identity. So that's, that's what I would say to do. Um, just that I know it's that that big leap where it's like start at the top, but it, it it usually does start at the top and then trickles down. So you have to kind of like restructure these systems that have been in place for ever and let it be more diverse, more inclusive, you know, more equitable so that everyone essentially has a say and is um, allowed to have their views viewed and seen on the, you know, as like associates, frontline associates. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was trying to think of examples in which white Americans code switch, uh, because I can see that not probably being as seen as it is for people of color. Uh, and it brought me back to my very first week at UNLV starting my PhD. Um, I'm from Louisiana. So I show up in Las Vegas, Nevada with a very thick Louisiana accent. Uh, and my advisor said to me, no one is ever going to take you seriously if you do not correct the way in which you speak. Um, and I was just like, oh, OK, I didn't even know I had an accent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but the way that we speak is very much a part of who we are. So I love this work that you're doing. Uh, Leon, you look s stunned. <laughs> yeah, no, no one's going to take you seriously unless you get rid of the accent. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. That's horrible. <laughs> it's okay. He's uh, He was very much a near and dear person to my heart. I don't think that he meant it in a hateful way whatsoever. I think he meant it to help. Yeah. Uh, but even now, if I have a couple of glasses of wine, I'll revert back to that thick Louisiana accent. <laughs> oh, my. So, Jamie, what are some things that have surprised you along the way of your research? Um, what are some findings that you didn't expect? Well, I think like you have kind of alluded to, like actually seeing when I did the research that all groups across the board, including whites, we all we all racially code switch. So like like you were saying with the the perceived accent or your accent that was apparent and then essentially being told that you have to turn off a piece of yourself so that you would be seen as, you know, acceptable in the industry like it's 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 sad to say that we're all experiencing it but it's also affirming to know that we are all experiencing it in some way or fashion so it's it's nice to now have that conversation that these systems of essentially whiteness have affected everyone not just people of color but including whites so it, it kind of puts us together in this group that we're all experiencing having to not authentically be ourselves so that we can get these jobs or be seen as, you know, ex acceptable for this organization. And it's it's sad to say that this is what we are dealing with, but it's nice to know, again, that us as a like as a community, as a all people are essentially experiencing this. So kind of. It's, it, I hope that it will help put us together to kind of allow this uh, being authentic in spaces. Like essentially, if we're all going through it, then 
we should all try to change it, not just be like, okay, well, let's keep with it. So that's kind of what I found was really interesting, um, which is why I did the study because I wanted to see like, are we all experiencing it? And also for me, like my grandma raised me and she's um, from Jackson, Mississippi. So I also have at times a Southern twang that comes out And at the same time, it's very much like I have to hide it sometime in professional spaces because I I know there's that perception of people from the South, which to me is like it's we're sweet and we're we're amazing, yes, but it's also those negative connotations and stereotypes that come with it. So I I agree with you, like it's it's, I don't know if I can say it, but it sucks, but it's, it's, this is the, <laughs> this is why I want to do this research because I, I want it to be known that we're all experiencing this and it needs to not stop, but in a way uh, allow for people to be themselves in the workplace. It's, we all have to work. I'm sad to say it. We all have to work and, you know, life is already hard enough. Work shouldn't be hard. Shouldn't be me not being able to come to work as myself that shouldn't be a thing. So yeah, yeah, that's that's why I'm doing this research a little bit. (laughs) So interesting. And I love that you're doing it. Ah, I love it so much. Um, Leon, I'm speechless. (laughs) Wow. Speechless. So I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll make a big announcement, a short announcement, and then we'll come back and talk with Jamie some more. You're watching Checking In, a lodging DEI chat. I'm Leon Thomas, the co-host of the show with Miranda Kitterlin Lynch. Our guest today is Jamie Garlington, working on her PhD at UNLV. This show is produced by the Leon Thomas Group. To learn more about us, go to theleonthomasgroup.com. We're going to take a quick break. And during this break, you're going to see some commercials that interns, students, and the team at the Leon Thomas Group has put together. We'll air these commercials and then we'll be back to continue our conversation with Jamie. Here we go. Renting is everything. It's style at your doorstep off the runway and into your closet. It's every trend you've been dying to try and every designer you've yet to discover. It's wearing it your way every time and making it count everywhere you go. It's never worrying about what to wear because something new is always coming your way. That's why renting is everything new styles top designers all for a flat monthly fee start your subscription at renttherunway.com slow roasted over hickory fire and pulled by hand this is the way pit pork has always been done pulled pork lovers rejoice the smoky old days are back at the smoke shack From the creative team that brought you The Browning Project and Dead by Morning comes a new thriller that will change the way you look at white-collar crime forever. Falling from the sky. 
Water, it's everywhere. We drink it, we bathe with it, we cook with it. Coffee's made with water. Toilets won't flush without it. It's used for washing clothes, dishes, utensils, pots, pans, floors, and our teeth. Plants and crops need water. Animals drink it. And fish need it too. And don't forget, we can have a lot of fun in the water. Water. What will we do without it? Hey, welcome back to Checking In, a lodging DEI chat. We're here with Jamie Garlington. Jamie, I have a question. I'll explain something to you, what happened to me just the other day, and then like to hear your response to what you think was going on here. So I had to take my 99-year-old aunt, and she's not the oldest member of the family, by the way, at 99 years old. I have an uncle that's 100, another aunt that's 105. I'll be around till I'm like 192. Miranda and I will be doing this show forever. I'll be like, what season is this? You're like, season number 83, episode 15. So anyway, we'll be around forever. All right. So I have to take my aunt to a meeting. And we're in a, a large room. And there's some African-Americans working there. And there's also two folks in in the offices watching what's going on right and they say we're going to take you over to this room and she was the lady the african-american lady that we were working with was very polite appeared to be very polished things were going great then we get to the private room and it was almost like she changed right away we got in the room and she goes all right now let me tell you what we gotta talk about and I'm going, wait a minute, just like three minutes ago, she was, hi, Mr. Thomas, how are you? We get into the room. All right, look now, let me explain to you what's going on. What's up with that? Why do you think that that went on? What's And is that part of what we're what your research is looking at and the things that we need to consider in all areas of employment, business and everything? Yes, 100%. She code switched right then and there. Like, Essentially, when she was on, like, she had to put on that face, um, the front facing before you guys got in the room, essentially being this, um, someone had called it the assimilated behavior, essentially having to do as the organization had expected her to I hate to say behave, but it's essentially the expected um, behavior for that job. But as soon as she got into the space where she was with you and your aunt, she felt safe. She felt like she could authentically be herself. She felt like she had, but she's with, she's with family. She's with folks who are in her in group. So her being able to switch over into being more comfortable, more authentic, that's how she felt when she was with you and your aunt. And this is, this is, this is 100% um, an example of what we're talking about with the racially code switching, because very much the, um, the proper, the, the polished professionalism goes back to like UK standards of, or Eurocentric ideology of whiteness. There's also literature out there that talks about when um, whites also became um, 
whites essentially were where they were now perceived as acceptable within this new society in the US. So essentially all groups had to deal with this prescription of um, engaging in whiteness when it comes to working in these white collar professional spaces. But when we're with our groups, folks that we actually see, those in our um, social groups, we feel more comfortable to be who we are. We, we feel like we don't have to wear this mask, this double face, and actually can be who we are. We, we feel safe. 100% we feel safe. And with you and your aunt, you y'all made her feel very safe without having to do anything. And she felt like, oh, I can, I can be myself around y'all instead of having to be what the, the job description or what my manager expects me or my supervisor expects me to be. So it's, um, and how did you feel compared to the, if you don't mind me asking, how did y'all feel from her first coming in and just being like, Hi, Mr. Leon, how are you? You know, and hello, Miss Auntie, how are you? You know, how did you feel from there to then when she actually got in the room with y'all and got to be, I'd say a little bit more, I'm thinking more authentically herself. How did that make you feel on the other end? If you don't yeah, when, when we first, first arrived and I heard the conversations that were going on with, with others there, right? Mm -hmm. I, I felt like I was in an environment that, um, folks were going to be professional, which she ended up being anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Even when we, yep. we got to the private room. But I, I felt that everyone was a bit standoffish, mm -hmm. right? I didn't really feel welcomed there, right? I felt like, all right, something funny is about to go on. Are they running a scam? Is this for real? Are they going to ask us for money that we're not prepared to pay? You know, it was, I was really guarded. Mm -hmm. I was guarded because everyone in there was using the, the same terminology when someone would come in to say, I have an appointment, mm -hmm. same references were going on. I'm like, something's not right here. I just, I'm just not feeling it. I'm not feeling good. Mm -hmm. And we sat down and waited a couple of minutes and she said, come on, you guys, you know, follow me. We'll take the elevator up to the second floor. We'll have a, a, a private conversation there. And on the elevator, so how old are you? And she's like 99. Oh, wow. You don't look 99. Her, she kind of changed on the elevator. Then when we got in and she really became herself and started telling us, you know, what the real purpose of the meeting was, I felt more relaxed. I mm -hmm. felt like I was talking with a family member. I felt like I was talking with someone who had my best interest at hand, who had my aunt's best interest at hand, mm -hmm. it is how I felt once she switched. switched. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, I felt I felt better. And my aunt said, oh, well, I didn't really feel good about coming here. But after talking to you, you made this so easy and, you know, and so forth. So we felt we felt better with that. <laughs> And I wonder if you felt better, be not because she had code switched um, that in and of itself, but I wonder if you felt better because she was being authentic. Yes. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I think that's what it was, that I felt her being herself, being her real self, her authentic self there, right? 
Um, and even some of the things that that she said about the the process that my aunt and I are going through, where she said, "Now, yeah, you, you have to fill fill this form out, but it's kind of it's the same, you know. Here's here's what I'll do. We can just take this and copy it. It'll be all right. You don't even need to fill that out twice. I don't even know why they want you to do that. You don't have to, you know." I'm, Chief, I felt like we had an advocate yeah, working yeah. working with us in in this situation. When we first got there, not so much. I, I didn't I didn't feel it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking in my head, like especially in medical situations. Uh, anytime someone is being authentic, I feel safer and more trusting. Even if they're a terrible person, if they're being authentically terrible, I feel mm -hmm. more trusting of the situation. Yeah. So, exactly. Leon, do we have time for more questions or is it time to put our pins in our uh, hand? Uh, Miranda, you go ahead and ask us one more and then we will go to our signature questions of the. I hear Dr. J saying we need to have music with the authentic question. We need to have music and graphics. So maybe we'll do that for the next show. But anyway, go ahead. One question <laughs> and then we'll we'll come back and do the signature awesome. questions. Awesome. So, Jamie, what are your next steps? So once you have completed this study, as academics, we always have a next study in mind. What is it that you'd like to tackle after you've accomplished this? Well, I'm still kind of, I personally want to deep dive more into the code switching or racial code switching behaviors to kind of see across groups what is their or their beliefs of code switching or are do they not believe that they're code switching so that I can kind of um, I, I want us to not have to do it. So if we can understand why individuals feel like they have to code switch in the manners or the the ways that they do, hopefully then being able to put it together and figure out ways that we can mitigate this in organizations. So I'm still, I'm still kind of thinking about like how, what I want to, to do, but I, I feel like it's more or less figuring out how different groups are code switching, um, how it's ultimately affecting them, and then write it up, um, send it out hopefully to some higher level executives and be like, this is the need for why employees need to be authentic in these spaces. And these are the um, ways in which we can do it. So I'm hopefully trying to figure out either some training for um, higher level management or just, I'm, I'm still, I'm open to it. There's, there's so much, so still yeah. early phases. Well, you're early in your career, so you've got plenty of time to do it all. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's we we talk about being authentic at work, and I remember a couple of the companies that I worked with. Um, they say, "How do you bring your authentic self to work?" And a lot of the conversation was around clothing and hairstyle, mm -hmm. and no one talked about total communications. Right? It was hairstyle and clothing. They tried to tell me I couldn't wear purple. They really did. I had a boss say to me that that's not an acceptable color. Shut up. Really? Me too. Wearing purple. Wearing purple. Yeah, they actually told me that that I needed to dress more corporate. But oh, okay, because you were back in the days of everybody has a black back suit. In the days, of, has a black suit. Yeah, yeah. And 
I like black suits. But anyway, <laughs> Jamie, do you have a pen nearby? Oh, I'm sure you do. I do. I do. Oh, yeah, I do. You've got one. And it doesn't have to have ink in it, so it's okay if it doesn't work. Oh, no. All right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Hold it up here. I want you to, on three, I want you to give us a signature. Here we go. One, two, three. It's now time for the two signature questions of the show. Here's the first one. Jamie. Have you ever had a Maryland crab cake? I have not. Have not had a Maryland crab cake. Ooh, that's good. That's good because, well, then again, it's not bad. Now I got to send you a crab cake or figure out where we can get you a Maryland crab cake, though. Please do. Please do. Now, <laughs> you're in in Vegas. There is a place you could get. I think they Please. actually have crab cake at. Mastriano's Oceans. Ooh, yum. I think they Ocean. have crab cake there. Now, it would not be a Maryland crab cake. It would actually be a Vegas crab cake. Oh, yeah. But I think the, the closest I've had to a Maryland crab cake was actually at, at Oceans. But I think it's Mastriano's or Maggiano's, something like that. So, okay. Yeah, check check that out. So, you know, they're not go growing crabs in the desert. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> They're in Lake Mead. <laughs> the wow. They're, but they're shipping them in from somewhere, either Louisiana, North Carolina, Maryland, or somewhere. They're shipping them in, I, I would think. I mean, it was a decent crab cake I had. It's not a Maryland, but it was decent. It's okay. It, it, it's, it's okay. Las Vegas crab. Right. Wow. Wow. On a previous show, we talked about pierogies. Now, now Miranda's like, I had a decent crab in Vegas. Get him off the screen. What are you talking about? Get him out of here. Wow. Okay. I'll just be quiet. Go ahead. I'm, I'm done here. Dr. J, can you remove me from the show, please? And we'll just. Oh my gosh. He really just said, help. <laughs> All right, Jamie, I'll close this out with my signature question, which is, and this may not be too far back for you, but if you could go back and give your 20-year-old self any piece of advice, affirmation, pearl of wisdom, what would it be? You're amazing, and you're going to get through this. Um, I, yeah, I would just say little me did not have that great support and just thinking that ah just always thinking like I can control everything but it's like you can't like you can't control everything and it's gonna get better like yesterday already happened the worries of yesterday have already happened today is enough to worry about it's gonna get better just keep pushing forward so I would tell little Jamie it's gonna be okay I love that. I love that so much. Thank you so much for being with us today. This has been wonderful. And I look forward to seeing what you have for us in the future, because I have a feeling you're going to do great things. Thank you. I appreciate y'all having me in the space, being able to be with such, such greats here, doing great things for us in the just everywhere. Like it's needed. It's it's so needed. So I appreciate you guys for giving me this opportunity as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Jamie. I love your advice. You're amazing, and you're going to get through it. Imagine if we all think that, and if we tell others that. Yeah. You're amazing. 
you're amazing and you are you are amazing thank you jamie thanks for being with us how do folks get in touch with you if they'd like to communicate with you what's the best email to use for that oh sure um if you don't mind emailing me at jagarlington g-a-r-l-i-n-g-t-o-n at gmail.com um feel free to email me i'm I'm open to just suggestions, conversations. If you need someone to say hi to, I'm also here to just say, hey. So, oh yeah. All right, right on. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for watching another episode of Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat. I'm Leon Thomas. Our co-host is Miranda Kitter and Lynch. And our guest today was Jamie Garlington. Thanks for watching Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat.